Hello, and welcome to the Georgia National Guard Fence Post Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Emmons. So it is the month of September, and that means a lot of great things. It's the start of fall, and also, September 15th is the start of Hispanic Heritage Month. Hispanic Heritage Month celebrates the histories, cultures, and contributions of American citizens whose ancestors came from Spain, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central and South America. To tell us more about Hispanic Heritage Month, we have three great guests, all Georgia National Guard leaders, who have some amazing stories to tell. Please go ahead and introduce yourselves. My name is uh, Senior Master Sergeant uh, Viviana Grisales. I am part of the 116th Medical Group Detachment 1, which is a domestic operations uh, mission under the Homeland Response Force. Um, I am also dual status full-time um, as a senior enlisted for the Georgia Counter Drug Program. I've been in the military a total of 21 years. My first six was a regular Air Force. And the remainder, um, I was part of the Oklahoma Guard, Connecticut Guard, and Georgia Guard. Hello, I'm First Lieutenant Talisa Soto. I am part of the 40th Brigade Headquarters Company. I am the Provost Marshal on M-Day status, and currently I am on orders as a 201st Safety Officer. I've been in for six years, and I'm also on the civilian side. I'm a police officer with Gwinnett County. I'm First Lieutenant Morales. I work at G4 on the M-Day side. I'm a technician with Joint Force Headquarters. And uh, I've been in the Guard now for six, almost six years, coming six years, yeah. So what would you all say Hispanic Heritage Month means to you? Uh, I think, um, you know, celebrating um, uh, uh, one of the largest ethnic groups is important, um, not only for that, but for diversity. And diversity is a military necessity. Um, also for, you know, global engagement. I think uh, it highlights a, a lot of individuals, a lot of ethnic backgrounds um, uh, that I've seen. And it's always very um, good to see how diverse populations can put and can implement and can, um, you know, give part of what they know, knowing where they're from, um, you know, to help support the team. I think it's a team effort and I think everyone brings a different element to the table. I think that's part of diversity, you know, having that voice um, at that table, which is what the military is. For Hispanic heritage, I think we celebrate it as, as a whole every single day um, by eating different types of food, being, at a, being able to celebrate traditions and culture and following family traditions as well. Uh, we're able to recognize history and the achievements we've also had. Please talk about some of your experiences growing up and what it was like to move to America and the state of Georgia. Yeah, so uh, I was very young. Um, both parents, I'm from Columbia. My mom remarried uh, this guy who he was a consulate to Columbia for a different countries, so we got to travel to New York and then Georgia. Long story short, they got a divorce, so we wound up getting our green cards and being able to stay here. So that's kind of how I wound up being here in Georgia. So um, any memories from being a kid in Columbia? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things that I'm very grateful for in general is uh, some of the freedoms that we have here that we don't. And I think it almost takes somebody living outside of the United States to really appreciate those things. Um, like I mentioned before, you know, you can own property and it's yours. And you're not going to be bullied out, which uh, has happened. And, you know, um, the FARC, which is the Freedom Revolutionary Army, 
So basically, they deal with drugs and cartels and stuff like that, kind of like your uh, Pablo Escobar stuff. So when I was little, uh, they came over to our cattle farm, my grandparents, and they uh, basically took everything. They took all the all the eggs, some of the cattle, uh, some of the horses, and uh, my grandma just kind of hid us in the closet. I snuck out because I didn't know what was going on. I saw, saw a guy with face paint and a machine gun. I thought he was really cool. Well, he was, he was the bad guy. Later on, I found out what was going on. But it's just little stories like that. Speaking of stories, tell us about the ice cream man. But when I was little, essentially, the ice cream man was this dude on a dirt bike. And he would just come and, um, you know, ice cream guy. So uh, for the longest time, I was like, why does he always come at this time? Like, something suspicious was off about the ice cream man because it's a... Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a bike with a cooler in the back. And later I found out when I was an adult uh, with my granddad that he was an informant for the park and they were having to pay him to keep a certain amount of protection for the farm. So, you know, those, um, those rights that we have in this country to own property, to be able to arm ourselves and defend ourselves, we don't have that in South America and specific, specifically in Colombia. So, you know, <clears throat> we should be grateful for those things. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, don't, you don't appreciate them until you don't have them, and you see how crazy it can get without those rights. Senior Master Sergeant Grisales, uh, how about you? Uh, what was it like growing up for you? Yeah, I'm actually originally from uh, Medellin, Colombia. Uh, we came here in the mid-90s with uh, my mother, and I have two siblings, two older siblings. Uh, and we moved away uh, primarily because of the violence that was going on in Colombia at the time. So it was a, a, a perfect opportunity for us to live in a, in a different place. Um, so we all, we're all originally from Colombia. My grandparents, my great-grandparents, we're all originally from one specific region. Uh, and we came here, um, you know, for the American, American dream. Um, and we grew up in an environment that was... Um, it was growing. It was growing in, in Gwinnett County primarily. A lot of Colombians moved from different cities, from New York City, from Florida, um, mainly because Georgia became that that uh, melting pot for a lot of cultures. It wasn't like that in the 80s and 90s, from what I've heard. Now it's it's full of every culture that I that I know. So uh, yeah, we grew up in uh, in specifically Lawrenceville, Lawrenceville, uh, uh, Gwinnett County. And did you have challenges initially acclimating to the culture of Georgia? Absolutely. I think, I think when you come from a culture uh, where you just know your own, you, you just live with your own language and your own religion and your own customs, and you, and you come into a place um, that doesn't know any of that. You know, they know just on the surface, specifically the city where we were from, they just thought about one thing. Um, I think the language challenge was a big thing. For a lot of us, I was young. I was 11 years old, uh, so it was easy for me to learn um, the customs um, and just the the access to uh, simple things like public transportation, which was very easy for us. You know, we would walk everywhere. I'm from a a, a major city. Um, you know, going to school and learning about other people from other places. Um, and yeah, I think the, the culture shock was the biggest challenge, but I think uh, we were very resilient and we've adopted a lot of the American customs and kept a lot of our own. And I think it's, it's a mixture of both. And I think that's what makes it so, so important here.
So have you seen more of an acceptance and an embracing of Hispanic culture in recent years? Yeah, I think that's one of the uh, uh, coolest things about the Hispanic culture. I think we're very, um, our ideas come up with everything, whether it's clothing stores, a lot of restaurants from all the countries. Um, and uh, yeah, I think a lot of the culture kind of just, you know, settled here and it's expanded. And not only that, I think our, our, our music also expanded to a lot of our, um, the Southern states where it wasn't heard as much. Florida is different. Florida's kind of like its own separate mm -hmm. melting pot, but I think Georgia is, is, uh, has grown tremendously in, in, in what, 27 years? Lieutenant Soto, how about you? What's your background? So my mom's from Colombia, and she moved to New York when she was 19 years old. And my dad was born in Puerto Rico, and he moved to New York as well when I think 11 years old. I was born and raised in Yonkers, New York, and then I moved to Gainesville, Georgia when I was 11. Um, the reason why we moved, there weren't a lot of career opportunities in New York. We moved to Georgia. But it was also kind of a culture shock. I was raised with my dad's family, kind of the Puerto Rican traditions. Then I moved to Georgia and my mom's family's from here and kind of also experienced the Colombian tradition as well. As well in um, Gainesville, Georgia is kind of a culture shock just because the environment, the, the students, different types of cultures as well. And it took me a while to adjust. So what was it about the Georgia National Guard that interested you in this organization? Uh, the Georgia National Guard, I mean, I think, I think the National Guard overall, um, we're, we're here for our community. Um, we're here to support the homeland and our and the state of Georgia. I think uh, um, it's very cool to see people from similar backgrounds, and you always kind of link up with, with some of them. Uh, in the medical community, not so much. But um, I work a lot with the Army when it comes to the Homeland Response Force. And I think um, uh, being diverse and, and just kind of adding to, to the team effort. Um, but yeah, just the community effort, I think, is one of the, my favorite things about the Guard. It's just helping out um, our neighbors. And even if it's Florida or other states surrounding it, I think uh, we're here for that. Lieutenant Morales, you started out in the Marine Corps Reserves and you came over to the Georgia Guard. Uh, talk about how that transpired. Uh, yeah, so I finished my contractual uh, agreement with the Marine Corps six years. Uh, after that, I took like a six-month break trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, but then I decided that I wanted to go into the Guard. The majority of my friends in college were actually in the Army. So seeing what they were able to do, because they were able to go to Airborne, Aerosol, do all these cool schools, and it seemed like they were being activated and utilized a lot more. Um, I wasn't really deployed by the Marine Corps, so I did a few missions in, in Africa, but it wasn't anything like, like the Guard has been. I think if you're more motivated in the Guard, you can do more. And then what, what kind of uh, experiences, opportunities, things like that did you have um, since you joined the Georgia Guard specifically? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I've got to do a lot, actually. Um, so Camp Parachute Rigger, I uh, went to Airborne School. In fact, actually, that was my first time in the army was airborne school so i felt like i was like a fake because i wasn't used to wearing this uniform um and then graduated from there then uh went to rigor school fort lee and then air assault so i did all the schools pretty much one after another yeah. and that was all being uh because you were part of the uh the 165th quartermasters correct yes yes sir
Yeah, so um, talk about uh, your experiences with that unit, because really it's a unique unit in the Georgia Guard. Yeah, yeah. so we do aerial delivery. I mean, a lot of people know 165th. Uh, I mean, I love the unit. There's a lot of things to do. Um, I was the aerial delivery platoon leader, so we did bundles. Um, but just anything having to do with the air, you know, jumping out of, you know, Chinook or uh, Black Hawk, C-130. I mean, you can't beat it, in my opinion. Pretty fun. So talking about opportunities, what is your view of opportunities for young Hispanic Americans joining the military? I think I think a lot more um, Hispanic uh, younger younger kids are interested in in serving. I think we bring that diversity and that um, that change that resiliency. So we know what it is to change and to move into. Um, um, change environments. I think that's that's an important piece of, of adding to the team effort. Um, and I think my advice to them would be to to um, to think, uh, you know, sky's the limit. If I've made it this far, being an immigrant, um, not knowing the language and learning it, you know, going to school and taking advantage of all the opportunities the military has to give you. There's so much that the military can give you if you take advantage of it. I think our um, I think one of the things about the Hispanic culture, not that other cultures don't have it, is the, our family um, concept. It's very important to us, whether it's uncles, aunts, you know, distant cousins. We are extremely tight, and I think we also add that because we we are we're protectors. You know, we we we're here to play as a team and and um, take care of each other. Lieutenant Soto, you had mentioned something to me earlier about how you had seen some resistance uh, in terms of Hispanic families wanting their children to join the military. Uh, what would you have to say to them in terms of your opportunities and what you've been able to do in the Guard? I've had uh, multiple experiences and friends in high school, mostly Hispanic families that since they're very, very close, they don't, they fear that their child's going to move and leave them. Um, also another fear that parents have is being deployed again with just moving away from home. They don't want their kid, in, not that they don't want them to succeed in life, but they just don't want them to move far away. And I've told, or anyone who's in this position, I've told them, you know, National Guard has a lot of opportunities. You, they'll pay for school. Um, Tricare is a great plan. Family care. Yeah, I went to Georgia Military College. I did the early commissioning program, which is the you commission within two years. I went to Georgia Military College, commissioned in 2018. Then I went to University of North Georgia and graduated with my bachelor's degree. And I also, and I didn't, I came out debt free. Um, I mean, just to add on to my previous um, topic, I think uh, joining the military is kind of one of those things that um, can give you so many tools to succeed in, even after the military. I've taken advantage of uh, college benefits. So um, the Air Force has the Community College of the Air Force. I've taken advantage of two associates degrees with them. And um, during my active time, I was able to accrue um, the post 9-11 GI Bill. And that helped me pay for my um, bachelor's in business. Um, I've taken various certifications on a medical side. And I'm actually currently working on a project management uh, certification, which the military also pays for. They pay for the course and they pay for the test. Um, and just anything, any opportunities that I can um, take advantage to improve and, and, and learn 
that's one of the things that I would tell young kids as well is you will always be a learner or, or continuous learners even when you're a professional. Um, I think the TRICARE benefits are en enormous. Um, you don't pay as much. Um, well, unless you go to the dentist and you pay a little bit better fee if you're high ranking like me. Um, <laughs> that's the only downfall of that. But um, uh, medical benefits and uh, discounts. There's just so much out there for the military, um, and you know the support that we have from the community is 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 huge. Um, but I've taken advantage of any other any opportunity that I can get um, if the military offers it. You know. Have any of you had any experiences in the guard, any exercises or deployments where your background has been an advantage for you? Um, I think the coolest annual training trip that I had on my first joined the Oklahoma Guard. I transitioned from active duty to the Oklahoma Guard um, when I had my daughter. And our first AT in the Oklahoma Guard was actually Puerto Rico. We, we did annual training for two weeks at the San Juan Medical Center. And just to give you some perspective on the demographics of that unit, I was the only uh, Hispanic, uh, Spanish speaking. So I went ADVON, so advanced uh, party, and I scoped out the whole place. Uh, we worked out of the medical center. We stayed at this uh, Army Fort, Fort Buchanan in Bayamon. And I basically did all the logistics as an E4. I was the only one that I could speak the language. And a lot of people from, from the States have this misconception that every Puerto Rican speaks English on the island. That's absolutely not true. Um, and we spent two weeks in Puerto Rico, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was my first time on the island, and I think I go every year after that. Um, but. Uh, just the opportunities the military has been able to provide for me to, um, you know, add with my background. I've interpreted for people, from for patients, um, and it's always fun to tell people your your story. And they ask you where you're from. You you know, when you get mad, you have an accent. I'm like, I do. It just comes out naturally. But um, yeah, uh, it's very much in the forefront for me. Um, but, you know, obviously, uh, America has provided a lot of opportunities for me as well. As you've grown up and met other cultures, what have you learned about Hispanic heritage and the culture in general? I, I learned a little bit of history on Hispanic heritage um, a few years ago. And um, I, I remember that it used to just be a week uh, from what I, I learned. And now it's a whole month. So they kind of appreciate that. But I think... Um, just understanding what the heritage means. And um, for example, like Latin America is just an enormous ethnic group, but we're so individually different. We don't eat the same things in Colombia that we eat in Puerto Rico or the, the accent or um, customs. Um, Christmas celebrations are different. Um, they're a lot more lively in Puerto Rico. They, they, they play instruments, it's fun. Um, but I think just knowing and understanding that as a whole, as a community, you know, like we learn the American customs, I think it's important. That's what the importance of the heritage is, so they learn um, about us as well. On behalf of the Georgia National Guard, thank you to our guests and those of you tuning in. Be sure to catch our podcast the first Friday of every month on all your favorite podcast platforms.